the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. talk about today it's the one thing i hate about the weekend i love the weekend but i hate the fact that we have to wait two days to get caught up so one of the things that um we're going to talk about afghanistan which is an undeniably the greatest travesty of a mockery of a sham it's exactly what it is it's outrageous what has happened there and the i the idea that somehow we're going to talk about it later this is my favorite talking point by the political whores we call the president, the vice president, and Anthony Blinken, who was his lapdog, and that's all he ever was. We're, we got a lot of time. We'll talk about it later. That's because they want to distract you from the absolute and total travesty and failure that it is because of them. But see, the modern-day communist, calling himself a Democrat socialist, pretending to be a Democrat, never wants you to focus on truth. They want you to constantly focus on their lies. That's why they inundate you with them. And I don't care what it is, whether it's the COVID, whether it's masks, whether it's the economy, whether it's Afghanistan, no matter what it is, that's how this 80-year-old feeble embarrassment of a human being can't walk, pretends to be the president. And that's how so many people voted for this moron. See, because I'm never going to, I've given up on the American Democrat. After all, we live in the ghetto they create. It's called Chicago, Illinois. And it doesn't matter. The failure doesn't matter. You know, they're celebrating because, what was it, only 48 people were shot? Ooh, that's a big win in the sewer of Chicago. So let the Democrats celebrate because they have no standards, none. There is no failure deep enough for them to recognize because they're in on the scam. And that's all they really want. But rarely do you have an opportunity to tie a local story like this along the national theology of socialism and the Democrat Party. But I want to do it. All right. So as you know, I have this um, I have this thing when, when, and I don't know what it is. It's been like this since I was a kid. I think it's because I was raised by my mother. When a woman is harmed or killed, it enrages me. So when the 67-year-old wonderful teacher was shot for no reason other than going to a Sox game, it infuriated me. When that beautiful little girl, and I know she's a woman, and I know she was magnificent and brave, Ella French, was shot, mainly because of rules that that necklace fat slob Pritzker enacted. She couldn't have her gun out. She was shot in the forehead. That was about enough for me. I, I, I still cannot get this kid out of my mind. I can't get her out of my mind. So when I was over the weekend looking at the memorial, and I saw, and it was sent to me by a, by a listener, actually, of the scum woman 
And I say that knowing full well she's a woman. But when you're a socialist, when you're a communist, you're off. It, it, the deal's off with me protecting you or thinking. At that point, you're a roach. That's what you are. You're a roach. So when this roach went to the memorial and crinkled up Ella French's picture and then had the audacity to put it on media, but then show what all the communists and socialists and Marxists really are, cowards, like I've always identified them as, cowards who don't have the courage to rob you so they want government to do it, took herself off of all the social media. Well, it was a little too late. Her name is Anna Kochakian. And I'm probably butchering her name, but let's put it this way. She, she ironically, is probably from an Eastern European socialist family that fled the very philosophy this moron, this lowlife roach subscribes to. So she's not only a disgrace to society in general, she's a disgrace to her family. So her family won't be too offended as I butcher their last name. The video shows um, her walking to the Thompson Center. It originally appeared on her social counts. Um, operated by DePaul University. She, she's a graduate from DePaul. Oh, she's an intellect. Isn't that wonderful? She's an intellect from DePaul. And it turns out when you punch her in and it shows all of her deleted social sites, it doesn't show what she's really a part of. She's a part of the Midwest socialists. See, and here's the thing. We are from Sololinsky town. This is the communist capital of America. So we have a thousand of these little organizations of these good-for-nothing, do-nothing, nose-ring baristas. You can't tell if it's a guy or a girl or what the hell it is, but you're pretty sure it wants your money and your future. That's what we're the hub of here in Chicago. So this is who this roach is. And I don't know, she probably went to underground because she was um, she couldn't enjoy the... She's probably very hard for her not to enjoy the popularity of the modern-day socialists, right? Because now they're like the Taliban. These socialists are much better. They're not responsible for 180 million people being killed worldwide. No, the new American socialists, they're like the, the Afghan Taliban. They sound stupid and hateful, but they're really quite friendly. That's what this is. So when we discuss these stories throughout the day, and when I discuss specifically the rat, rat, feeble fascist president and his entire administration, This is to show you the mindset of hate that they all have. Because she didn't know Ella French. She didn't have anything to do with Ella French. In fact, all she knew was that she was a police officer. And in her mind, that was enough hate to go to a memorial of her slain, murdered life in celebration of her life and to crinkle up the picture. Do you understand the the magnitude of hate someone has to have to do that? It is unbelievable. We as rational people cannot fathom hating somebody that much, especially when you don't know them. But when you remember that, it explains every one of their policies and the reason they can look at you and lie because they hate you. They hate us. They hate Americans. So to make that jump to demand that everybody abandon life. To demand that people throw masks on their kids because if you're not one of them, they hate you. It's the kind of hate that would be so vicious, you could go to a memorial of a life taken so early it's almost unimaginable, the devastation, and you could defame this girl. So that's what we're dealing with. So when they come out and they lie about what you're actually seeing in Afghanistan, when they lie about their economic plan and their intention to bankrupt America, when they lie about the so-called utopian health care they're delivering. Remember, 
They hate you. And that is the only way somebody could vote for this political whore, the feeble, flaccid fascist, Joe Biden. That's how you get the people to vote for him. Now, that explains Democrats. So they're, to me, they're dirt. Now I want to move on to why he's really there. And I want you to remember why you should never forget it. It was the Lincoln Project pedophiles slash Republicans that pretended to be anything but the socialists, but they understood why Joe Biden had to be in there. It was the never Trumpers and it was the pseudo intellectual drug addicts calling themselves the libertarian ticket. This is why. This half-man disgrace who has been out since he stole the office has been out lying to the camera and to your face at every step. Now, the people who are supposedly his administration, and yes, by the way, today is Make Me Believe Monday. You can tell me your conspiracies of who exactly is behind it because I agree with you. He's irrelevant. It's the party mindset of the communist. This is how the communist thinks. It doesn't care. It's about protecting, stabilizing, and enriching the party. That's what this is. So they will come out and tell you things that make you so aggravated because you know they're a bald-faced lie for a couple of reasons. The first and most important is they hate you. And I want you to remember that every time you see one of these never-Trumpers pop up on TV, because they're back, by the way. The never-Trumpers are back. They're on Fox, they're on various news groups, and now they're trying to condemn the very president they put in. And I am, I am, I am demanding that you never let them off the hook. Never. So I don't care who it is. Stephen Hayes, Jonah Goldberg, I don't care. And, I, and I'm going to play a clip of Mike Wallace's daughter, Chris. I'm going to play the clip of Chris Wallace, which he did one interview in this show yesterday. Very good. But he's the reason Joe Biden's here. So he pretends now to call him out. This is who you thank for it. You are never going to be able to reason with somebody like Anna Kokian and the rest of the communists. You can't reason with them because all they have in their heart is hate. The rest is just an excuse how to cripple you. They're not really selling you that socialist BS. They're more interested in hurting you. So when Mike Wallace comes out and he does this thing, my initial reaction was, huh, what happened to, all right, I said Mike Wallace, Chris Wallace. What happened to Chris Wallace? Did he remember he's got a, he's an actual reporter? I mean, I understand he only has the job because he's Mike Wallace's son. And if his dad wasn't Mike Wallace, he'd be asking me if I want insurance on the car I rent when I go away. That's all he'd be qualified to do. But I thought for a minute, Chris Wallace must have really remembered he's a reporter and he was interviewing another part of the commissar. Tony, or no, it's, it's, it's Anthony, because you know he doesn't have the H in his name, McBeth. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. It's A-N-T-O-N-Y, Anthony Blinken, who, another guy that isn't qualified to work at the car rental place. He was interviewing him, and he actually came up with a very, very good segment. Here's another statement that the president made that was flat wrong. Take a look. I have seen no question of our credibility from our allies around the world. I've got the exact opposite thing is we're acting with dispatch. We're acting, committing to what we said we would do. Now, that's a lie. That's an absolute and total lie. All over the world, we are being slammed, even from allies, let alone enemies. Now, I went long explaining the kind of hate we're dealing with, but it's okay because that's what I want you to keep in mind in perpetuity of the Biden administration. Whatever they're selling you is a lie. 
And they lie to you with confidence because they feel about you the way this scumbag socialist, Anna Kokian, felt about Ella French. That's the kind of hate they have in their heart. So to come out and lie about policies, you're just they're just getting warmed up. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. So where's your class if you are wrong? And all the right ways on the We will never be, never be anything but loud and pretty gritty, dirty little freaks. Won't you so, that's exactly right. So one of the, the, the main upsetting points of this is, number one, you just abandoned everybody. But you also abandoned billions and billions of dollars of equipment that the Taliban now has. And they have used this to have people and terrorists from all over the Middle East flood Afghanistan. This is now their capital. This is under the Biden administration. So when I hear the vice president, apparently they found her. They searched the motels all around all the airports in D.C. They found Harris. And when I hear her laugh at the question, I want to for just a minute go through the TV and say, are, are, are you that stupid? But then I realize she did uh, make her bones on Willie Brown. What's your response to reports of Americans? Oh, hold on, hold on. Slow down, everybody. <laughs> Is it funny? Slow down, everybody, <laughs> with that creepy, weird, moronic laugh. But that's the laugh that, and a negligee, is what got her to the vice presidency. So it must be working. Um, I want to talk about two things. First, Afghanistan. We couldn't have a higher priority right now. And in particular, our priority is making sure that we safely evacuate American citizens, Afghans who work with us, Afghans at risk, including women and children. And that is one of our highest, if not the highest priority right now. None of that is true. None of that is true. And they lie with such ease. And that's why whatever it is, whatever they're saying, I believe absolutely none of it. So when we get to this point of where we're all going to get through, which is going to be the the COVID shutdown part two, I don't believe a word of it anymore. They've lost all credibility to me. And I'm curious, have they lost it to you or are you still, still optimistic? Does anything this administration say carry any weight with you? 312-642-5600. And uh, Dave Ogden Dunes, thanks for calling the show. How are you, Dave? Did I not hit you? Sorry, Dave. Hold on. What happened here? I just, I just want to say, first of all, I, I really enjoy your show. Thank you. But um, what we're talking about, Miss French or Mrs. French, um, the the poor police officer. There was a highlight to that this weekend over what you're talking about, and that was her star was taken up with the Blue Angels this weekend during the air show. Well, I think that's, you know, that's, 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 that's truly wonderful. But, but, but here's what bothers me about that. There are people in this city, the vast majority of people in the city. I'm very comfortable saying that because if you're voting Democrat, you side with the girl who defaced her memorial. That's your real ideology. I mean, is there any question to you, Dave, in your opinion, the Democrats that you've come across, the way in which they govern, the opposite party, the contempt they have for, nub- for for anybody who is not in on their clout scam, that those Democrats hate you? To me, it's very obvious. So my, 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 my attitude is very simple. Now you want me 
to increase all of the taxes I pay to take care of you. You want me now to put a vaccine in my arm that I don't agree with to protect you. You want me to put a mask on to protect you. I say right here, I'm not doing anything for you. That's just me. Well, Sean, I can kind of I agree with you on that. I'm quite a bit older than you. I'm a former Vietnam era vet. Oh, you but, saw it um, better than anybody. You saw citizens' well, hatred for you for no other reason. Not not as good as they did during World War II. There, there we were the real heroes. But nonetheless, I I just found it touching when I found out that the Blue Angels took her badge. Uh, for that air show, I just oh, thought I think that would tough. add a little positive spin to. You know, you not, sound like a family a member I have, and they always say you got. You know, there's always positive, and I agree with that. And I, and I, first of all, I respect you more than you you can imagine, and I agree with that. But it just irritates me, Dave, that these people have been able to infiltrate our country, and the whole time <laughs> having having nothing but hatred for us, and for me in particular, because I'm a free man. And I value, I'm proud of being an American. And they have worked successfully to undermine every principle of that. To now it's to the point, Dave, where these these socialists are out of the closet. They're open and notorious. And they are coming out in my country and they are preaching a totalitarian collectivism that is responsible for hundreds of millions of deaths and the absence of hope in so many nations throughout the world. I just, I find it to be an abomination. That's just how I view it. Well, Sean, I I agree with you, but um, let's remember one thing: we are troopers. We're we're Americans, and uh, we can fight through this with the scum. That's right. I love it, Dave, so, and that's why I want you to move down with me, and we do it from Naples, Florida, where free men are supported. So I've got to figure out how to get you down well, there. You know, I I go close. I Anna Island. Oh, I love that. I love that island. In fact, it, that's my mother-in-law's name. I love the island. And one of the first times I went to Florida, I rented a house there. I absolutely loved it. So next time you're there, you're gonna, you, we're going to get together, all right? Because that's not far. I'll make the drive. Uh, or, or I will. All right, very good. You just send an but email. Anyway, it, was nice, it was nice talking with you. It was my and, pleasure. Uh, was my pleasure. Hey, hold, up the, uh, hold up the fight, buddy. You got it, Dave. And just Thanks. send me an email. It's Sean. At LibertyRealEstateServices.com. Sean is spelled S-H-A-U-N. I give it out. I, I don't care, Misty. I'm not afraid. I like Dave. He can have it. So could two, the other people listening. All right. Craig in Mount Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, what's with this um, this White House? They're basically, you know, this government, they want to force all the jam-ups uh, into our arms and everything for everybody else. But the White House, the whole White House, they don't have to do it. They're off the hook. They don't have to take the jab. But they're telling everybody else all over, uh, thing, well, force everybody to take the jab. And I'll bet you a bunch of those rotten people, they got placebos. The people that are saying, the politicians that says they got the jab. See, that's why I wanted you to wait to convince me Monday, because that would have been a great point. I agree with you, by the way. But here's the other thing I, I, I want you to think about. You've lied to me on every front. Now I'm supposed to believe you when you tell me this is safe? Not to mention it's not safe. Now I'm supposed to believe you, you, you crammed and intimidated the FDA. The FDA now has no credibility. They're a political wing of the Biden administration. And anything they say means nothing to me. So they're in for a fight with guys like me. They won't tell us about. They don't admit to any of the problems going on. The FDA knows all about all these problems. Thousands. This is what it was like, to, Craig, to be a citizen in Russia. This is what it's like to be a citizen in Cuba. This is what it's like to be a citizen in Venezuela and every other totalitarian collectivist country. Because it's not about the people. It's about the party. It's about the ideal. It's about the 
the control of the government being your God and you being the slave. Slaves don't get the right to their opinion. Slaves don't get to make choices. Is it starting to sink in exactly how deep this has gone? 312-642-5600. It's the final I want to take Amanda's call, but Amanda, hang on one second. Hang on one second, because we're going to get to you, and we're going to get to Illinois and Chicago and the nonsense. We're going to get to it all. But um, what's happening right now in Afghanistan is a disgrace that is the, the ripples are heard around the world. They really are. And the ones who hear them the most are our enemies. The problem we have is we have a bureaucracy within the press that is working to Give us just a little bit of information and then shade over the reality of it. So when you really want to know what the opinion around the world is, you have to look at those venues, those news outlets. And I do. I spend the vast majority of my time listening to foreign news outlets when I want to know about American foreign policy. Because they're... At least you're getting their point of view. You're not getting propagandized, which when you talk to the American, when the American media is supposedly reporting, they're not. They're lying. They're deceiving. They're spinning it to you, no matter what it is, but specifically when it's Afghanistan and exactly how much money we lost. I mean, the lives, we're not going to know that for years. Right now, as we speak, there's beheadings, there's hangings, there's tortures. We're never going to know about it. And we're certainly not going to know about it from the American media. So I, uh, I listen to like uh, Indian News from New Delhi. And they have a wonderful news venue. And I want you to hear how this story should be reported here in America. The Boshta withdrawal from Afghanistan continues to get more and more embarrassing. The last thing it wanted was the Taliban brandishing its weapons. But it's now clear that $83 billion U.S. spent on the Afghan army ended up benefiting the Taliban. $83 billion. They had shipments that were stolen three months ago. Shipments that were stolen two months ago. And then this latest shipment, wait till you hear the sheer numbers. Social media is full of videos of Taliban flaunting U.S.-supplied guns and even helicopters. On your screens is the visuals of what Taliban claimed to be using the UH-60 Blackhawks. The location is believed to be the Kandahar airport here. This See, is- first of all, I like Indian news because the producer doesn't even waste time yelling through a microphone. You could hear him yelling at her in the background. I like it. It's real. It's like, uh, it's like Bill O'Reilly. We do it live. I'm pretty sure that's the natural sound from the video. It's wonderful. So, um, 60... 60 Black Hawk helicopters. Now, do you not think they're going to use those against our allies or even worse, sell them to our future enemies? You paid for this. It's not the only video circulating on social media, though. In these visuals, Taliban can be seen with vehicles used by the Herat police. Another video from the Herat province shows the Taliban brandishing guns. Most of the weapons have been seized by the Afghan forces, who at many places surrendered without a fight. They left behind a massive arms cache at the Kabul airport. Firearms and ammunition were seen lying in a parking lot. And all this is now in the hands of the Taliban. Now, maybe it's just because I watched The Son of Anarchies for the first time. But do you think that maybe the Taliban will be selling that to American street gangs? Wouldn't that be the ta-da The whole time the Democrat mafia chants gun control, you idiots, you're the ones in charge of this, you absolute and total morons. On the issue of Afghanistan, 
And to that end, we have seen a successful drawdown of the embassy. Six. <laughs> successful drawdown of the embassy what you've they, they are basically telling you how dare you believe your lying eyes we're going to tell you what happened and it's nothing that you've been saying nothing at all does the president have a sense that most of the criticism is not of leaving afghanistan it's the way that he has ordered it to happen by pulling the troops before getting these americans who are now stranded does he have a sense of that first of all i think it's irresponsible to say americans are stranded they are not we are Now, can you imagine, we've done the stories, there are hundreds that we know of, thousands probably when you, when you fungigate it all out. Can you imagine being related to the people right now who are panic stricken or tortured or murdered on their way to the airport as this morphodite, this bald faced fraud lies to the American people on behalf of the administration. There are no standards. It's not just Chicago, Illinois. It's not just New York, New Jersey. It's not just the homelessness in California and the taxi. It's the Democrat Party is your enemy. They have no standards, no sense of right and wrong, and they have absolutely no principles, none. Committed to bringing Americans who want to come home home. We are in touch with them via phone, via text, Uh, via email, (laughs) via any way that we can possibly reach America. How's that work? Just get to gate G. Get the gate, G. It's going to be, you just go right up to the plane and you, you just tell them you're Americans and you're going to be here. This is, this is, this is outrageous. Americans to get them home if they want to return home. There are no Americans stranded is the White House's official position on what's happening in Afghanistan. Right? I'm just calling you out for saying that we are stranding Americans in Afghanistan when I said, when we have been very. That's important. I, I is important. These are the people who look at you with contempt. She is a God among men. Listen to her. She's telling you the truth you will believe. She's not interested in the truth. It's the same thing with every topic. It's the same thing with COVID. It's the same thing with the vaccine, the masks, the economy, health care, everything. This is why they do it with ease. They declare themselves gods among men. It's clear that we are not leaving Americans who want to return home. We are going to bring them home. And I think that's important for the American public to hear and understand. Okay. And that's why they are the Fourth Reich. This is the Fourth Reich. It's despicable and disgraceful to me. Elliot Wilmette. Yeah, hi. Uh, I recall you're talking about how uh, uh, Chris Wallace was uh, bringing down uh, uh, the president, whereas before they were bracing him up, it reminds me of how in stocks they, they buy and sell options, which is the promise that something will be worth more or less later on. Uh-huh. But having done that, you can you can then go about influencing the price of the stock so that you'll benefit from it later on. And this reminds me because, as you well know, the, the press will will boost somebody up in order to, to get viewership. And then later, once they're kind of done with them, they'll destroy them and they'll they'll talk them down, and people will tune in to see them getting uh, trashed. And I Elliot, you are you are Trump. very you are a hundred percent correct. But it also goes Thank to sh- it also goes to show you just how soulless the American media is, because you do realize, and and and, and obviously you're, you're you're a bright man. You do realize in the closed circles what they actually thought of Joe Biden. There isn't anybody in the in the upper echelon of Washington, D.C., who did not know that Joe Biden was suffering from some sort of cognitive ailment. It's 
it's clear in a few and present. Years, to it's going to be someone else's turn to pour a can of lye on them so they don't keep. It's just. But I don't sickly. know what now. Well, Elliot, hopefully we Thank get you. through it. Thank you, brother, for calling. I appreciate it. That was brutal, Don in Bloomingdale. I like Elliot. I didn't think I'd like anybody in Wilmot. I liked Elliot. Hi, Don. Hey, Sean. My old neighbor, who's passed away, so I'm not speaking out of turn, used to be an engineer for Northrop and uh, Top Secret. And uh, I asked him he what little he could talk about. I said, well, I hope when you guys put together things that uh, can be used to destroy other men that we and we sell it to foreign countries, that you put something inside of it that we could either make it inoperable or destroy it at will. And he said, yeah, that would be nice, but we don't. <laughs> that would be nice, but why would we do that when our business is war? We need this stuff that's to right. go on. And, you know, that's what Elliot's alluding to, because what will happen now is that they profit immensely in the ter- on all fronts if the, if the Middle East is unstable, if Joe Biden makes mistakes in the economy. It's always going to be where they're benefiting themselves. They have little interest in what's best for the nation. And that's the only way that the media could get behind this clear and present moron joe biden it's just i mean it's just unbelievable thank you don for the phone call boy that's upsetting isn't it paul in st charles sean hey paulie from st charles um you know i gotta tell you when i heard this story when it first broke first thing i thought of is biden kabbalah harris and the uh generals that are all involved in this should be arrested tried thrown in the Gitmo for aiding and abetting the enemy. Paul, I mean, they willfully just left all our stuff behind, and the Americans they left behind, this is freaking nuts. These and, people need to be tried, arrested, and sent away to Gitmo. And, you know, it's it's something that, that has been a policy of ours for decades. It's outrageous that the military does this. It does explain why they constantly need more money and why they have absolutely no respect for what it is the people purchase. It is... It is a travesty. But aside from all of this, isn't it a broader point that the entire philosophy of the Democrat Party literally is against the American principles that this country is supposed to represent? And that's why they can do it with such such boldness and such open lying to your face. I think it's the only reason is that they understand we're going to make it so bad that there's no other option but us. And my problem with it is it seems to be working. Thank you, Paul. For yeah, the yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, you bet, brother. Uh, unfortunately, you're right, and I'm just so sick of, you know, us on the right just rolling over and, and taking it in the shorts. We, we gotta- How about when our boys have to go back and they're going to be shot with our bullets? That's what's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to go back. You could pretend yeah. we're not. We're going to go back. And now now we've got our boys and girls, now we got to say girls, are going to be shot with the bullets we paid for. That's the let's, ultimate. Uh, let's, let's, pray, let's pray that the, those drones get put into... Uh, full force in action and all those really targets and get blown Paul, take a look at what Obama did with the drones. Take a look at what Obama did with the drones. We'll be lucky if he doesn't drop one on St. Charles. 312-642-5600. Barack Obama, during his destruction of America, also known as his presidency, Took a two-front war and started to do drone strikes in Pakistan, Yemen, Somalia, Libya. Um, they say in this Vox article, Vox is not very friendly to Republicans. Out of the 2,753 people killed by Barack Obama's drone strikes, it is believed that 
2,436 of them had no affiliation with any organized terrorist groups. Ah, what are you going to do? Hey, it's just, sorry, were you eating dinner? Do you have a falafel? I mean, it's just disgusting, and it goes, mums the word. Now, now the American people decided that due to tweets and a comb-over, we're going to put in that, that philosophy again. It's preposterous. It's disgusting. And there are no standards. So if you're waiting for Republicans to impeach Joe Biden, if you're waiting for Democrats to say, obviously, this idiot doesn't know what he's doing, get him the hell out of there, let's go with the, with the nooner, that's not going to happen either. There are no standards. And we know that because we live in Chicago, Illinois. We are the king of no standards. Although it is celebrated, it was the over for the first time. I mean, I'm sorry, it was the under for the first time in six weeks of the over 50 shot. This weekend, it was 44 shot. And I think that we did have a storm, though, on Saturday. Maybe broke up a couple of the planned assassinations. Dave in Downers Grove. Yeah, Sean, I don't know if you caught it yesterday, but they're trying to hide this Afghanistan chaos by putting old old reports on 60 Minutes about General Austin and his racist, all the races he went through to become a general. Mm-hmm. And questions, he was questioned because of his skin color. You know what? They didn't question him good enough because he couldn't do the job, I guess. Dave, I'm going to tell you, I used to be the biggest 60 Minutes fan ever. I was that annoying kid that would tell my grandfather years ago, put on 60 Minutes. I, I, I have not watched it since Trump won. Um, mainly because I knew what, what they were doing was propagandizing socialists and Democrats, and they were using their power to slander Trump rather than report on him, which they could have done. Trump wasn't perfect. Trump had bad policies. But that's not what they're interested in doing is reporting. They're interested in controlling the perception of the American people. And that covers media today. You're hard-pressed to find good media, which is why I don't watch it. I'd rather spend time with my in-laws, drinking coffee, eating cheesecake, talking about how we can get the hell out of Illinois. Thank you very much, Dave. I appreciate it very much. I know I wasn't the only one. Let's go to uh, uh, Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. How are you doing today? All right, buddy. I have to tell you, I'm so disgusted with Biden. I mean, you leave American lives in Afghanistan for Afghanistan, uh, Afghanistan people first. Military equipment. You see these people hanging on airplanes. It's disgusting. I personally blame Biden. Oh, yeah. Well, you should. And those people holding on planes were Afghanis that we made promises to. Those were were Afghanis that we decided to, you know, help. We were supposed to help them. We had an agreement with them. And that's what the Democrats do. They lie. They cheat. And they steal. So to not pick up people on an airplane, that's no big deal. Hang on. You'll be all right. Thanks for the call, Robert. If I didn't get to you, I'm really sorry. Um, I'm going to do all Illinois. You know that whole first hour we were supposed to talk about Illinois stuff? But this is what we do. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. So 
I like to, uh, I don't leave the studio unless I have to during the break. I like it, and I have conversations with the producer. Well, this week, the producer that's sitting in for Johnny Rocket is my man, Macbeth, as you know. And uh, Ashraf Ghani, Mohammed Ashraf Ghani, is the economic guy from Afghanistan. He put $169 million in cash and put it in a helicopter and then took off to Dubai. Now, his daughter, and this article is in the New York Post. It says this in New York Post, which is why I don't subs- I didn't subscribe before today, but I am describing, I mean, I am uh, subscribing, excuse me, subscribing right after this, as her daughter, this is in the paper, his daughter Miriam was living life with a hipster artist in, <laughs> in Brooklyn in a $1.2 million condo that she bought. The money is unbelievable that these people stole from us. And the sons in D.C. I mean, it's we have no idea. And it's just worry about what the Biden administration tells you about. What do you mean you're, you're negotiating with the Taliban? You're not negotiating. You're bribing them. Right now, they're bribing them. That's just the way I see it. No, it's worse than that. They're actually begging them. Yeah, begging and bribing. Well, listen. Joe Biden, Washington for 50 years. Not the first time he did that. Just the first time he did it with pants on. All right, let's go to the lines. Frank in Arlington Heights, I got to break his heart. Frank, how are you? Hey, Sean, I wanted to get your thoughts. Let's say something, you know, Biden, 25th Amendment, resigns, passes away, something like that. Kamala becomes vice president. Then it's 50-50 in the Senate, okay, which it is, and then there's no tie-breaking vote. And you got to... doesn't matter. You don't have to, but... Yeah. Well, would the Republican prevent... Some other leftist vice president. It's it's, it's preposterous, Frank. They don't have to. They don't have to do anything but give her the oath of office. You don't. You know, here's the. You know, I've heard this though, Frank. I've I've heard this murmur since the election. There is absolutely no way to get them out. There's. I mean, a lot of guys are going to tell you there is, and that the Lone Ranger will come down, and it'll be great. <laughs> it is not happening, brother. What you don't remember uh, all the lengthy Senate hearings between when they took off in Dallas in uh, November 1963, and when it's, they landed in right. DC. By the time he landed in DC, he's the president. It doesn't. They don't. Well, no. The Republicans can't stop it. The ticket won. Well, no, I know they can't stop. They can't stop Kamala from becoming president. Yeah, but she would get to appoint a new vice president. But that person has to be confirmed by the Senate. So my question is, do you think those 50 Republicans would hold and prevent no. a new vice president? We, we've lived without <laughs> vice president yeah. before. Yes, I, Homer is right. Uh, Frank, I, I, I wish to God, listen, I think people are using this to raise money for the, for the Republicans. The Republicans, and you know this, you obviously pay attention to politics. Which Republican is going to do what you just said? The Republicans are Mitt Romney. The Republicans are Collins. The Republicans are Mitch McConnell with the old lady face, the wife who's a shipping artist. You think all of a sudden he's going to stand on principle. I mean, brother, listen, we are in this position not just because the the Fourth Reich has overtaken the Democrat Party. We're in this position because the Republicans just wanted a piece of it. It's like Illinois, brother. You ain't, I mean, I wish I could help you, Frank. I want to give you the right answer. But here's the other thing I'm going to tell you. Don't let people raise money on you like this. Don't don't let Republican scumbags raise money from Frank in Arlington Heights. You take that money, you give it to they your know. kids. Don't give them a plug yeah. nickel because they've been screwing us, brother, this whole time. They've been using our this this. They've been ironically they've been diagnosing the problem correctly, and they have been raising money from good people in the in the guise of fighting it the whole time, profiting from it, brother.
I'm sorry. We are married to these idiots for the next three and a half years. It's the way it is. It's the way the system works. And I'll have all the arguments in the world with you. I absolutely believe they usurped and stole and frauded the office. So that is, and it doesn't matter. They got it. It's the most successful theft in world history. And they are are on path to print up $9 trillion and pay off all their friends. Thank you very much. And that leads me to the other top story. Right here in good old Illinois, also known as the hub of the Democrat mafia. Guess what? Illinois officials are pushing passage of the massive infrastructure bill and the reconciliation because Illinois tends to really rake it in on welfare. And as we know, Illinois can't sustain itself, so it needs the rest of the country and some newly printed fake money to pay off all of the Democrat mafia scumbags pretending to be politicians in Illinois. And that's how you know the Leviathan is bigger than the people who push back against it. It's just a fact, but I'm going to give you the fact. The truth doesn't have manners. It's ugly. So when I do a tease and I say, what's wrong, Pritzker? You, do you think that the cameras were going to prevent carjacking, gangbanging, murdering, drug-dealing scum from shooting people on the Eisenhower? They stole the car. Fatso is all factual. I stand by every word. He is a fat slob. Fred I'm in Orland Park. Fat. Exactly. Fred in Orland Park, he wants to know how much money Pritzker is going to burn up. How are you, Fred? No, I want to know how many commercials he's going to run. Fifty-five hundred. Oh, is there I, enough money in there. He's he he's spent thirty-five million. He spent what did he spend the first time? I want to say it was three hundred, right? Wasn't it, it was some ridiculous hundreds? I of thought millions. it was one night. I thought it was one hundred ninety-one million. All right, one hundred and ninety-one million dollars. A hundred and ninety-one million dollars. I mean. It's he could run commercials from now until the end of time, brother. That's it's first a, of all, that's it's a easy sized convention venue. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know what you could do with one hundred and ninety one million. Here's the other thing. If he was really believed in the Democrat policies, wouldn't he just take the one hundred and ninety one million and give it to a homeless shelter? Ta-da! Look yeah. at you. You're a socialist and you'd still have the money. Grandpa Abe stole from El Capone. It'd still be there. It's preposterous. So, you know, Fred, we're we're beat in Illinois, brother. We're beat. I'm yeah, sorry. You no, know, Sean. How about that two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar? You know, uh, you know, the cutoff for the taxes with an inflation that's going to be up there really quick. Oh, forget about but it. That, put that in your campaign. campaign you know, when I oh, when yeah. I was on this show, screaming my head off for ninety days before idiots voted for the flaccid, flaccid fascist. It's because of all of these reasons. You know how hard it is for me to come in every day and not say, I told you so? Just do three hours of I told you so. I told you this would happen, and it's going to be worse because the reality is they don't give a rip about the ordinary man. They want you to have the, 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 the hopelessness of socialism because then you are a conscious ward of the state, and you've given up those American principles that used to make you feel good and confident about being an American, and now you're just a Democrat. They call it like the city of Chicago. Go through the city of Chicago or any wannabe gangster neighborhood for the last 50 years. Unless you're in on that scam, you ha- it's the act of futility to be in there. So that's the point. I, that's what I was trying to avoid, Fred. Unfortunately, we, we didn't avoid it. David and Lansing. Hey, Sean. Wait a second. Hold my spring water BPA-free bottle. Oh, Just God. <laughs> Go ahead. What, what happened to the hold my beer guy? I miss him. Go ahead. But anyway. He's in car seat. Um, oh, okay. oh, I'm sorry to hear no, that. No, I'm uh, kidding. Anyway. Wrong. <laughs> anyway, I want to point out, like, the elephant in the room. Like, the Democrat voters seem to be getting worse. They are mistaking 
nice for right. They think because Biden and Blinken are nice that they, what they're doing in Afghanistan is right. Well, well I, uh, first of all, Joe Biden has never been considered nice. In fact, he's been considered a lying, thieving rat his entire career, which is what was really shocking is to watch a man who's got 50 years of political prostitution and extortion be sold to the American people as nice. And that's why I said at the beginning of the show, the Democrats are step and fetch. You tell them what to do and they say, yes, I'll do it. And they'll do it. They would vote for Manson if he came back and ran for the mayor of Chicago. He's in. You just put a Democrat up there and it doesn't matter. They vote for him. Who got Joe Biden, who got Joe Biden in were the never Trumpers and the pedophile Lincoln Republicans. Right, their whole their whole reason for voting for Biden, and many of them are like Trump's mean, and that's He's why, mean. and that's why, David, you don't give money to Republicans because all of those scumbags are back in the Republican Party, and they, ironically, are the ones telling you there is a way to get Trump back in there. There is no way. There is a way to stop Kamala Harris from being vice president. There is no way. We're going to have to ride out this moron storm until the next election, and then we're going to have to hope. They don't steal it by stuffing the ballots and their communist organizations that go around and gather all the votes from all of the homes, old people homes and mental institutions around the, 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 the country. And they don't just have that same thing they had that got Biden in. 90% turnout, 92%, 99% in just a very key district. That's what you got to hope. I mean, to me, it's it, the first thief, the first steal, the first hit is always the hardest. The next ones are easy. So I'm not very optimistic. Amanda in Wadsworth. This is good news from Amanda. Hey, Sean. Hi. So first, first I want to say I am no longer Amanda from Wadsworth. My husband and I, we sold our house, and it is directly influenced because of listening to you. Excellent. We absolutely did. You're the now, third person this in a week that told me this. I love this. We. So we, we moved into a ho- another home that we had that was a rental home. We decided to, like, you know, spruce it up. We don't know what we're going to do yet. Not sure, but we, we, we have freedom now. So another thing I wanted to say, it's a spoke in the wheel. I know that it's not something that you generally talk about, but it's always irked me, and it just, it just drives me bananas, and I want to know your thoughts on it. Uh, Jill Biden and how she <laughs> has been a direct, no woman, nobody knows their husband better than a woman, right? Than the wife. Well, did she and know the first one that she left for Joe Biden as well as she knows Joe Biden? Go ahead. Probably, probably still. Yeah. And, you know, here's the other thing. I'll never forget when she said that when she whispered, not really, but mouth Trump, along with many other things. And it was like, believe me or like my lying eyes, you know, along with her, uh, probably half my family and supposedly what, 70 million other people is really she's part of the reason he's in there. She helped with this. And it just drives me. What? I just want to know your thoughts. She's the liaison to the teachers union. This is what her what her strength is. She you know, she's a cohort as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, I I mean, Clyde had Bonnie. There's always you know, there are always uh, uh, women that will support lying, cheating, thieving men. They normally dress up with each other. And we see them on the on the mob wives of New York and New Jersey. So that to me is what she is. She's a mob wife without the cachet of wearing Chanel. She just tries to pretend to be this wonderful, nice person who supports every policy that destroys the nation. So to me, she's fungible. And if she wasn't there, there'd be another one there. 
Here's the good news. The last time we had a president, this obviously incapable and an absolute corrupt failure or a socialist, the wife was absolutely and totally repulsive. I mean, at least Jill looks like somebody we all know who lies to us from a cul-de-sac. There you go. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. I hate Illinois Nazis. You know, I love, I love, I love the listeners. I love when they call. And I love the comments I get to read because this is crucially important. And I am so glad that a caller called to ask this. I am really excited. Kent in Aurora. It's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, Sean, if the Democrats can just print money to, for, what, $9 trillion, uh-huh. why can't they print money to pay our taxes for us? Because taxes are not meant to fund the government anymore. That's, that's an old-fashioned talking point. Taxes are meant to keep you in line. Taxes are meant to penalize you. That's the number two plank of the Communist Manifesto. Manifesto was a progressive tax system because what a tax system like America has and like the, the Soviet Union used to have and all the socialist countries is it forbids you from having the financial independence to move up yourself. You need to have the, the government overhaul if you're a regular working guy, if you don't invent something, if you don't, you know, manufacture something, if you're not the captain of of the of of industry, if you're just a worker. So in other words, that's why that system is held the way it is, and that's why it's manipulated the way it is, so that it can control the individual wealth of the citizens and they can never get there without the approval of the government. So that's why they're not concerned about printing up enough money to pay all of our taxes. And that's why they treat money with such disrespect. You know, your point, to your point, what percentage of tax money over the last 20 years of the Afghan war has gone to weaponize enemies? This Could you imagine what a news story that would be on 60 Minutes? And this is why they never audit the military-industrial complex and their spending. This is why the CIA has a black budget where you don't even know what the hell they have. I mean, this is, you know, so don't confuse like the old days when they would tell you, well, you have to pay taxes. It funds government. Not true. They're, they're in total, they don't need us anymore. They've printed, that's why, you know, that's why we're bankrupt. And the country is, by the way, bankrupt. If you fungigate the debt, the obligation to spend money versus the wealth, you could take all the money from everybody in the, in the country. You won't make a dent in it. It's a system that is set to implode. They put it on a path of destruction. So the answer is to keep you in check, brother. It's to keep me in check. So it's to glad. keep everybody else. Yes. Aren't you glad? And all of our lives, Kent, we, we were told a totally different story, how we had unalienable rights, and we have a representative Republican, and we the citizens are who the country's supposed to protect. Turns out none of that was really true anymore. I'm sorry, but they blindfolded us with a flag, and now we've got to take it back, which I think we still can do through knowledge and through discussing the uncomfortable truth which is this conversation. It's an uncomfortable truth to recognize what happened to us, but it's the truth. Thank you for the call, and thank you more for listening. I appreciate it. Kevin in Austin, Texas. Uh, Yeah, Sean, I'll go one step further. It is knowledge and uh, discussing unfettered truth, but it's also, I mean, we know that the Republicans uh, in Illinois, the leadership hasn't always been helpful, but there there are shoots of hope like with Jeannie Ives. And I think it's the next step is to take action. It's to Jean- find out who your local Republican committee or committeeman is, chairman, whatever, precinct captain, get involved. And Kevin, if there isn't one, you and I are, agree about 90% of the issues. Where you and I disagree is that you have faith in an electoral system. 
and I recognize well, I, I, it as a weapon and a vehicle of fraud. I also recognize the fact that we have an entire political party who is working tirelessly to weaken any kind of voter integrity or voter security. I also well, am well aware is- they are in charge right now. So for me to wear all my head on fire and say, vote Republican in 2022. No, I'm not saying vote Republican. You I'm can do that in good states. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying vote Republican. I'm saying find out who your local ch- uh, committeeman is, precinct captain, that type of thing, and put pressure on him. And if you don't know who it is, prepare for him. Do you know? We the- can't just ride this out and then you know and ride it out. No, you can you can like you can make that uncomfortable move and, to go to and, Texas. And, and, and Right. Huh? You can make the uncomfortable move to go to Texas where you were treated as Not a much better citizen. Can make it. But that, but, stuck in but Illinois poppycock. We come from people that left everything. You and I and, and everybody out there came from people who left everything and made themselves very uncomfortable to ride on a ship for months at a time, to, to cross borders, to do whatever. For us to have the audacity to say, oh, I can't. It's too uncomfortable for me to leave my house. Is outrageous. No, it's not about uncomfortable. It's about financially. Can they do it? Anybody it doesn't matter. Would you rather be poor in Illinois or poor in a state that treated you like an American citizen? I'd rather my be point poor is in anybody Texas. Who's, my point is anybody's there to fight it, to fight, not just roll over and wait until 222. Here's what I, I think. Your local I think the country separating. The Republican states will put up an intellectual argument, and they will fight for the rights of their citizens while the Democrat mafia-run states will destroy. I know Jeannie Ives very well, and and, and, and it's going through her her process to try to win office that I became very opinionated the way I do. Kevin, I went long. I love you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back after this. My wife's mad because I didn't let Kevin get his point across his text. You let him talk. I know what his point is. We'll discuss that later. But right now, I've got Joseph Clark. I love talking to Joseph Clark because he is among, he's in the belly of the beast. Deals with them. He covers Congress, national security for the Washington Times. How are you, Joseph? Hey, really good. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, you know, I love it. I, I just, uh, I, I envision you just running around at night saying, screaming, make it stop, make it stop, and you take showers like Cher and Silkwood. <laughs> That's how I envision you handling it. Um, Not at all. This is a big week, though, kid, huh? It's a massive week. It's a massive week. Um, and, yeah, the move, the, the, the news is just moving incredibly fast uh, on all this. So, And the, the problem that I have with it is, is it even possible? For an organization like, uh, let's say, the military to not think about a damn thing? How could they possibly do this? How could they possibly be this incompetent? Yeah, so, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, you know, and it's there's there's a lot of blame trading uh, around, uh, you know, the the. the uh, interagencies, uh, but I, I you know, I, I that that begs the question, you know, like what exactly is going on? And I think lawmakers are starting to ask those questions quite loudly. And and here's the other thing I have with it: it's obvious to me what's going to happen. They once again, by they, I mean the idiots we call government, are going to gain more power and more money, like they always do every time they make this kind of destructive mess, where real people, real people pay the cost. And I don't just mean taxes. I mean death and hopelessness and destruction of their future. Because as you and I are talking right now, there are American sympathizers who've helped us for decades, who have multi-generations, who are fearing for their very existence right now. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it, it really is um, just heartbreaking to see, um, you know, how, how this is playing out exactly for, for those, uh, those that are, you know, most impacted by it. And, and um, I, I just retur- returned from a, uh, uh, a press uh, conference here on the Capitol. And, uh, you know, the, a lot of veterans in, in Congress are really starting to, as they have been for months, but really starting to, you know, raise the issue even more than they have been and, um, you know, really recognize who's who's actually impacted by these um, events. I've nicknamed, now you know my political views, I'm very biased, and I would never, ever ask you to agree with me, Joseph. You're too classy, you're too much of a wonderful kid, and your future is too bright. So I'm never going to ask you to affiliate yourself with me. But is it not obvious to everybody that I was right and he is cognitively impaired this is clearly somebody who has no grasp of exactly what's going on or is he and he's not capable to hold office is this murmur going through congress at all or are we still pretending this is good old uncle joe took the amtrak and still knows if it's tuesday or july well i'll tell you just from my perspective i haven't asked that question that's not something that has uh, come up with uh you know lawmakers that i've uh, spoken with uh one on one but i have you know of course i've heard that you know on on primetime news uh um so it's it's not for me to say but uh you know the the question is definitely being asked and if this kind of bipar- this kind of failure is too hard to ignore this to me is something that it should be bipartisan recognition of an unmitigated failure and an absolute waste of the people's money and trust. Are Democrats nervous or are they sticking with that? There'll be time to judge, which is the new tagline of failures. Now, when I was a kid, my uncle used to tell me excuses are for losers. And if you find yourself making one, you're a loser. So I tried to avoid excuses, but I can sure smell one when I, when I'm around one. And this is nothing but a giant ruse and an excuse to divert attention Am I wrong with this, or are people starting to recognize it? Well, the impression that I've gotten both from both sides of the aisle, you know, Republicans and Democrats alike, is is they absolutely do want to get you know answers, and they want to get to the bottom of what has happened here, really, so they can prevent this from happening, um, you know, in the future. That's that's truly what I believe uh, most lawmakers are after. There are, of course, you know, political. Um, implications of this 100%. But I think the, the majority of, of lawmakers that I've talked to are really looking at it um, as, you know, like a, as a united country, you know, what this does for for the country and, and how we avoid this going forward. And, and not only that, I mean, there there are really, you know, some key decisions that need to be made in the near future, right? Um, extending the August 31st deadline, um, and, and, and they have real impacts. Um, what this is going to do in terms of our uh, standing among our allies uh, across the world. So th- that's the, the impression that I get from lawmakers is they're they're really interested in, in those key topics. And to your point, I mean, absolutely, this is going to become a political um, you know whirlwind uh, down the line. But from what I've seen, and this is just my perspective, lawmakers are really. Um, looking at it less politically and more just trying to get, you know, to the bottom of what's going on. The magnitude of how much money and weaponry was left behind, that now it's quite obvious that will be used to kill American soldiers as they are forced to go back. I mean, are we still pretending they're not going to be forced to go back or are we still pretending that those weapons will not find their way into the bodies of American soldiers? I mean, how much are the politicians deceiving 
not just their constituents, but themselves when you recognize the kind of danger this this has presented as the numbers of the Taliban and the other terrorist organizations have grown exponentially since word got out that Afghanistan is the new terrorist capital of the Middle East. Yeah, I mean, to your point about the the cache of weapons or the, 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 the total you know equipment that was turned over to the Taliban. That's a key concern uh, for lawmakers uh, from what I've seen on, on both, sides, uh, both sides of the aisle. I mean, it's a true concern, not only in terms of the threat that they pose to, to the U.S. and to our allies, uh, but just in terms of the optics of it, right? Uh, I mean, we see the Taliban, uh, they're, you know, uh, you know, uh, they're, communications arm posting, you know, pictures on Twitter with American equipment. It, it doesn't look great. But lawmakers are definitely concerned about that, and it's it's both sides of the aisles. I, mean, I just didn't, uh, attended an event with um, the uh, Caucus for Country. It's a collection of bipartisan uh, lawmakers that were veterans and all expressed concern with, with just that, the, the amount of weapons that were, were turned over and uh, – you know, it's just a matter of getting an account of exactly what was turned over. I think that's still to to be determined. Uh, and then there's questions of, you know, uh, is it possible to get that back or, you know, what, what are we <laughs> going to do about it? Yeah, I, I mean, it's the old, you know, if somebody takes a gun from you, you don't really want it back because you're not going to get it back by the right end. And that's my biggest fear. And it's obvious to me what's going to happen. Here's the question I have for you, Joseph, because in my lifetime, in particular over the last 30 years, we have nationalized truth. And it's very hard to find actual truth. Are there reporters now who may have been friendly to the agenda of Democrat policies, who now, as they see exactly what is happening on the on the multiple front of failure, do you think, in your opinion, there are reporters who may have philosophically aligned with Democrats who say, this is just terrible, reporters that are just disgusted by this? Are there any? Are you coming across any? Well, I mean, if you if you watch press briefings just in general, I mean, there, there's definitely some some tougher questions, uh, in my opinion, tougher questions coming to the administration, coming to the, the, the Department of Defense and coming to the State Department. I definitely think, um, you know, reporters have really ramped up with this with this uh, particular issue. You know, their line of questioning is uh, I can't speak to how, you know, a reporter aligns politically uh, one way or the other. But I will say, you know, without a doubt, they, the, the questions have been tougher through through the past week. Now, our national security is dependent upon allies believing that we are a reliable ally. When you are you are you troubled by the um, in Great Britain, for instance, in Germany, in France, the way in which we abandoned those troops and those those, that effort that they've put forward to work with us. Are you um, troubled at all by what you're hearing and as, as somewhat of a response? Because I understand, you know, for me to find it, I have to go to foreign news outlets to find it. It seems to have been squashed for the most part on the major outlets here. There are some. But um, do you think that from a national security perspective, this will come back to bite us? Yeah, I mean, just, just my opinion. I, I, I definitely do think, you know, if if this were to carry on status quo, it could definitely be a mark uh, on uh, against us in terms of future engagements with allies. Not only, you know, uh, 
fellow nation states, but even allies that we would depend on in a country that we, you know, engaged in, right? And I think that's one of the the challenges, or that's one of the um, the reasons why people are so vocal about the uh, Afghan special immigrant visa issue. But to your point, um, you know how, how we uh, our, our relations with our our you know most galvanized uh, allies, I think. Is is of concern for for many and for many lawmakers. There's a murmur, and there has been, of um, the people who we thought were our allies, as the politicians and the military uh, of Afghanistan. When you hear hear stories of Ghani who flees with 169 billion dollars in cash shoved into a helicopter, when you see the palaces that the Taliban is now broadcasting from. Is there an overall sense, in your opinion, by, by, by Washington, D.C., to recognize the fact looks like the guys that we even trusted were cheating and lying and stealing from us? Um, I, my biggest thing is I'm afraid that that Bush policy of this guy is good, let's give him billions, is going to go right back into effect in the future. Or do you think that maybe they've learned from watching the obvious thievery of the American people's money? You know, I couldn't. I couldn't speak specifically to the situation with Ghani. I, I mean, I, no, I, I definitely. Know. Yeah, I definitely do think uh, people were surprised by that, and I, I definitely do. Uh, you know, think um, it's not viewed, you know, positively, just to say the least. But, um, but in terms of, of, I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you from a foreign uh, relations perspective uh, how this will influence. Um, policy going forward. I, I couldn't speak to that. All right. Well, Joseph, this is why I love you, because I put you in these awkward positions and I make you answer questions you don't want to answer. I love it. I don't know about you. I think it's very exciting. But I, t- you know what? I tell you what, it's been great. No problem at all. <laughs> and I'm so really and I mean this. I mean, I'm so impressed with you and what you have to do and the fact that you're covering this. And it gives me optimism because I know you're not giving me a line of BS that's that's rubber stamped. I know you're not giving me a talking point. So it's extremely important that you and The Washington Times stay there. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right. I'm looking forward to the next time. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. I like asking those kind of questions about what the what the murmur is, what the tolerance of this kind of failure is, because you learn very early on when you grow up in the real world that a thief will steal from you until you demand he stop or make him stop. Somebody who beats a woman will continue to beat her until someone makes him stop. A liar will always lie to you until you make them stop. We are living in a time where the truth has been nationalized. That's just the fact. There is no truth anymore. There is no objective truth in society anymore, in, no matter what the topic is. Pick a topic. There's no economic truth. There's no COVID truth. The truth is what the government tells you it is. So this is something that is blatantly obvious. This is something that we need to understand. And we need to make the people who continue to lie to us tell us the damn truth. Handled it. Poll also found that based in part on what's transpired in the last week, a majority of Americans, and forgive me, I'm just a messenger, no longer consider you to be competent, focused, or effective in the job. I haven't seen that poll. It doesn't matter if you saw it, diapers. We want you out of the office before you do some more damage. You're just getting warmed up, dummy. It's time we demand the truth. I'll be back.
From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. In every failure, there's always an opportunity. That's one thing you always have to tell yourself. That's why you never let yourself get too defeated. There's always going to be an opportunity. It's the beauty of this country. Is it under attack? Absolutely. But there's also an opportunity in what we knew what was coming. We knew what would happen if you entered, if you elected or the country was successful or the office was successfully usurped by diapers Biden. We knew how bad it would be. So when there's an opportunity, it's time for us to focus on it. And that's why I wanted to bring on Dr. Stephen Turley. Dr. Stephen Turley is an author of over 20 books. He's internationally recognized scholar, speaker. And he's one of the most exciting new voices in the conservative movement. In fact, he believes there's an opportunity here, and I wanted to bring him on. Dr. Turley, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm well, Sean. How are you? Good, Great good. To be with you. And I needed you to come on. I needed that optimism because you have to understand I'm under a double pressure here. I, I, I'm from the, the sewer, the Democrat mafia-run sewer of Chicago. So, right? so we have to live with it locally. <laughs> we saw them take the once great beautiful city and, and the once great state and destroy it and turn it into a, a mafia hub where unless you're in on the scam, you just uh, they're waiting for you to, to become part of the state and just need their help. So it's very hard to deal with it, and that's why we had a special insight to what would happen if you took that philosophy, that Marxist mafia, and you put it in Washington, D.C. So we have an opportunity here because this was a faster collapse of a policy than almost, I think it's safe to say, than ever in history in regards to the Taliban. It is, an, it is undeniable. So how do we capitalize on this, in your opinion, to really put the uh, to really kind of win the round of what we've been losing this 15 round fight of against socialism? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And I do think we need a, a long term perspective. But certainly periodically within that perspective, you're going to see these shocking results that are perfectly in line with that perspective. Look, when all said and done, our nation is being ruled and much of the world is being ruled uh, by liberal globalism. And um, liberal globalism, it's not, you know, there's all kinds of conspiracy theories and the like. Very simply, liberal globalism is the height of what scholars call modernity. And modernity was this 18th century movement that basically, from the, uh, from the Enlightenment, that basically said that we can impose a one-size fits all political economic system on all people's times and places and basically designate anything that came before that as those living in darkness and ignorance. They're all savages. They're all superstitious and the like. Today, we just call them, you know, homophobes, bigots, racists and the like. And then everything forward is just going to be this unending 
uh, unparalleled, untrampled uh, movement of progress where we're going to become more liberal, more left-wing and the like. In many respects, Sean, that worldview is dead. That worldview has died. Now, it has has yet to make it to the hearts and the ears of our political elite in Washington, D.C., because quite frankly, they are the apex of this movement. Globalism is centered, when all said and done, really in two places, Washington, D.C. and Brussels. And both of these places are beginning to feel it. They're beginning to shatter. Brussels, of course, with Brexit back in 2016 and D.C. with the rise of Trump just a few months later after Brexit. So this is going to take some time, no question. But in many respects, you know, scholars like Sam Huntington, going back in the 1990s, his Clash of Civilizations thesis, he basically saw the shattering of the Soviet Union in December of 1991 as a symbol of what we can expect to happen with the uh, burgeoning Pax Americana that was coming out of that, that was just being used as an excuse to liberalize and globalize all peoples, all cultures and the like, and especially here in the United States, he seems to be proven right more and more as we go along. So I think, yes, it's intense. Yes, the, um, the pressure that we're getting from tyrannical elements in our society are incredibly intense. But they kind of remind me the way the Brezhnev-oriented Soviet Union was acting in the 1970s and 80s just before they ended up collapsing as well. Yeah, well, they share the same uh, the same ideology, the same fascism, the same uh, comfortable nature with implementing tyranny in the name of the greater good. I watch it constantly. But I wanted to pose this to you. I believe we're culpable in the beginning. We, after all, are the ones who created the Bretton Woods system. We collaborated with John Maynard Keynes. We extorted the rest of the world to go on to the dollar rather than have the sovereign currency they should have all had. And we have, unfortunately, throughout the ages, misused our military might to enforce any resistance to the petrodollar. So for us to, to, to claim that there is a world government, and I believe it, let me start off by I'm not challenging you i'm just saying i'd like to look at it a little bit from this perspective sure sure sure. for us to accuse the idea that there is a world conspiracy to take over the world and use a dollar aren't we the original perpetrators in that absolutely of course we are and this is what makes it all for me so interesting it just collapsed in on itself it's not what's happening here and is not so much an ideological revolt you have to have your ideologues. People are reading their books, you know, reading their Rothbonds and so on, and, and their economic theory. You've got to have that. That's always going to be there. But I don't think that's the impetus for what's going on. I think the impetus is not so much ideology. It's increasingly one of identity. And identity is, as it's turning out to be, that's really the key characteristic of the 21st century politic. So the 20th century was an ideological politics where it was really in the end, and this was a question everybody on the planet had to answer. So whose side are you on? Are you in the capital, Western capitalist side or Soviet communist side? Which ideology do you belong to? Today, now the question is, who are you? What identity do you hold to? And 
for for you know a bunch of I don't know I don't want to sound too crass but you know for a bunch of upper middle class <laughs> you're never going to sound crass on my show oh, brother you let it hang out there you go, go ahead. I'll, I'll talk to my Chicago brother right, there you go <laughs> well I'm I'm from the greater New York area so I've <laughs> same thing different I, I've accent had some crassness in my life but yeah but you know it, it, it when it comes to your upper middle class white bougie college educated kids. Identity gets creepy and weird, okay? Mm -hmm. But for the rest of the world, identity means culture, custom, tradition, going back to our forefathers, our inheritance of what it meant to be our own unique culture in this world. And so that's what you're seeing. That's why you're seeing the rise of the populist movements and the nationalist movements going on all over the world. So I don't think it's so much ideological. I don't think we've, we've sat back and did sort of a, you know, an ex post facto analysis of where we are in society. Maybe we want to do it a different way. No, I don't think our, I don't think our political elite will have learned anything from Afghanistan. What's interesting is that they're pushing an ideology that's increasingly losing its plausibility because we no longer believe in the modernist roots of it anymore. We're becoming increasingly what scholars call postmodernist. And in mm -hmm. a postmodernist world, it's very hard to superimpose a one-size-fits-all political and economic ideology on all people. So our globalist elite in Brussels or you know, in Davos or in or Washington, D.C. or L.A., New York, or of course Chicago – yeah, they're on the tail end of their power, so they still got it, but increasingly they're finding less and less people agreeing with them. And again, it's just this sense that they have that it's not plausible anymore. So they're going back to their own, here in the States, our own identities, whether it's our civic nationalism that Trump was arguing for, whether it's the radical kind of tribalist ethno-nationalism that BLM and La Raza are going after, or whether the, it's these new, you know, sort of fabricated identities of sexual identities, gender identities and the like, we're still breaking up, we're balkanizing, we're moving in those kinds of directions, same as the rest of the world, but as the rest of the world is doing, they're going back to their, to their tradition. So it's a very organic thing. I don't think it's ideological. I don't even think it's intentional. But you can be sure that the modernist globalist world is indeed breaking up. To sum up, well, this it is good feels news. like the world is breaking up. It is. <laughs> this is good news. See, see, because I recognize this under the, the Barack Obama administration. I recognize yeah. it from George Orwell's 1984, right? Nothing, nothing exists except the endless present. There is no history. There is uh, you know, little you can depend on or recall to, to, to find objective truth. It's a nationalized truth. So I was kind of aware of that. I realized that Trump gave us what I hoped would be a breath. I got very nervous when I saw him surround himself with some legendary Democrats sure. like Peter Navarro and Steve Mnuchin, who I loathe. I refer to him as Liza Minnelli. Feel free to use that. But the reality <laughs> is it's always going to be about taking advantage of the economic illiterate in the country. It's always going yeah. to be about controlling the fear so that, in fact, you, you are in control of the psychology of, of the people. And I'm terrified that the people are being pulled and pushed. People who call themselves liberal, we, you and I know they're not liberal. They're Soviets. They're, they're, right, they're right. collectivists. Right. The problem is I'm concerned that the other side is more interested in fundraising and misusing that, that, that opportunity to educate and to get back to the principles that you and I love of Americanism. 
right. and control it so that they can raise money and win some small elections and stick in the very scourge like Mitch McConnell and, right. and that type of Republican, you know, Magic right. Underpants, Mitt Romney and the rest of them, so that they, in fact, can bastardize their, the, the, the idea of a Republicanism and, right. and a representative. Am I being too paranoid, too conspiratorial, or in fact, does it look like I'm going to be unfortunately right? And I don't want to be. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think uh, I, Brazil is an interesting analogy here because for 40 years they lived under some kind of Marxist regime. Uh, the philosopher Olavo de Carvalho loves to say, he's a right-wing philosopher, he loves to say, you know, uh, for 40 years the two presidential candidates would either be a Marxist or a leftist. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, welcome yeah. to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And then stunningly, so no one ever thought it could happen out of nowhere. Jair Bolsonaro, who's dubbed the tropical Trump, uh, you know, just mm-hmm. a good, solid, conservative guy, nationalist, populist, actually wants to deregulate their economy to a point they've never even experienced because of all the, uh, the regulative socialism that they've had. He comes in and he wins the presidency in an absolute landslide. And that was Olavo de Carvalho's thought. His thought was when all is said and done, it's what he, well, he actually, he's been exiled, as it were, in America for a number of years, and he calls them MARs. He calls them Mid-America Radicals. So these are your, you know, your ex-urban uh, rural folk, who most of whom have not gone to college, so they didn't get ideologically poisoned. Uh, indoctrinated and the like, and this is coming from a prof for 20 years. Yeah. I saw it myself, you know. They didn't get uh, – they still have – they love c- culture, they love land, they love region, they love uh, neighborhood and community. They never bought into that bougie, cosmopolitan, globalist ideology. And he believes it's exactly what we're seeing here in the States as happened in Brazil. And his theory was that all you ultimately need are more and more candidates that speak that language and those and something will get triggered in a good way within this, these mid-America radicals or in his case, mid-Brazilian radicals. And they will vote for him. That's what Trump did. That's what Brexit did. Mm-hmm. Brexit, uh, Nigel Farage argues Brexit was not founded in university lecture halls. It was founded in British pubs. That's the origin of Brexit, when just good old Londoners or, well, probably not so much Londoners, but uh, Liverpoolians and uh, Durhamites would just get together and say, you know, this damn Brussels, I have had it with these guys dictating to us how we can live our lives. That's where it started. And if you get more and more politicians like Trump who begin to speak the language of the people rather than the permanent political class, that's going to awaken a populist politics that's going to push back against the permanent political class like never before. So that's kind of the key. And I think in many ways, Trump, you know, as they say in Texas, the horse is out of the barn. You know, there's no way out of it. People got to see, look at, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ron DeSantis uh, looking at more and more Trumpian when you see even even Greg Abbott, who's very, very, you know, kind of neocon, is now talking more and more border security and economic security and traditional, you know, uh, um, culture security and the like. Trump showed the way of awakening the a new electorate, the mid-Atlantic radical, mid-America radical. Keep in mind, 
nearly 200 counties in Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, and Pennsylvania that voted Democrat in every single presidential election since Mondale shifted in 2016 and voted overwhelmingly for Trump. So this is why, doctor, I didn't think that he was going to lose. However, I'm from Chicago, Illinois, which is the land of the dead people voting. The land of the of the stealing elections. I mean, that's just what it is. And everybody knows it. We all pretend, you know, it's, it's not. Right. We actually don't even pretend anymore. You know, right. in Illinois, where you, you vote early, vote often, you know, uh, the Democrats real base is Queen of Heaven Cemetery. These are kind of some of the scenes. But the reality is you have for the first time in, in nation history, as far as I'm concerned. Somebody that had been so polarizing and had disrupted the apple cart so much, and it was they were so afraid of it. He, he was hated by so many. Right. In my opinion, you had bipartisan collaboration of course, to allow this to happen. The ideology now may be stuck to another man because you can wrap the, the hatred for populism with the hatred of Trump. Are you concerned for future um, elections when it may be DeSantis, and I hope not because I own real estate in Florida. I'm really a Florida resident. I don't want to lose them. But when you when you can now you can now don't wrap selfish, Sean. I'm sorry, I'm very selfish. When you can now wrap that around people, that hatred for 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 that kind of ideology because Trump had it. Right. Are you afraid about bipartisan collusion and corruption to avoid that in the future? Oh, sure. I mean, we can certainly expect that in the future. No, well, we saw it. I agree with you absolutely in 2020. We'll see, we could see it again in 22, uh, 24. Absolutely. Again, that's why I think we have to have that long-term perspective, but we've got to keep the big picture in mind. Same thing was happening in Brazil, and yet Jair Bolsonaro wins, and now more and more populist candidates are rising up. Same thing would have been the case in Eastern Europe, in Soviet Union, and yet they collapsed. And what look at Eastern Europe today, the rise of Viktor Orban in Hungary, or Matusz Morawiecki in Poland, these amazingly conservative guys are holding the line against the bullies in Brussels at the, in the European Union. So it's really fascinating stuff. Same thing in India in many respects, too. India was uh, for, uh, for decades... They didn't have a single politician in their parliament that wasn't educated in Britain. They had this permanent political class, this colonialist class that ruled them decade after decade. And all of a sudden, you have uh, Narendra Modi and the BJP, the Bharatiya Janata Party, rise up and win the biggest landslide, democratic landslide in human history on a thoroughly nationalist, populist, anti-elite anti-globalist platform. I mean, it, India was, in many respects, in the 1990s and the early aughts, considered to be the globalist nation emerging even more than China. That's over. They're still economically strong, but they don't want anything to do with the globalist elites anymore. So, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it's tough. But the winds are, believe it or not, are at our back, and they're pushing this in our good. direction because modernism is dead and globalism implodes as a result. Now, Dr. Turley, you know I could talk to you about this stuff for hours and hours. Unfortunately, I have to go to break, but I do have 30 seconds. Your article, Resign in Disgrace. The reality is, in my opinion, Democrats have no dignity, no morals, or no standard. Do you really think there's a chance, or will he just kind of wait out the attention? What is your prediction? 
This is going to be interesting. So we've got the polls coming out now, and most people do. Rasmussen says most people, 60%, don't think he's going to finish his first term. Kamala isn't anywhere to be seen around him. Check the motels by the airport, Doc. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we're going to have to see. It looks like there's some definite distancing going on. And I just word on the street uh, is that his dementia is getting worse by the day. Doctor, thank you so much for joining me. And by the way, you can find him on Turley Talks. Is it TurleyTalks.com or .org? Dead.com, that's right. TurleyTalks.com. I love it. Thank you so much. Please join me in the future. Absolutely, Sean. Thank you so much. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. I enjoyed that very much. I like Turley. All right, so every Monday we explore the world of conspiracies. I want you to make me believe your conspiracy. I'm the judge of conspiracies because when I say it, first of all, they haven't been conspiracies. History has vindicated me. When I said what I was worried about with the the Trump election was not Trump losing. I was worried about voter fraud and skullduggery and Democrat hub mafia run counties. Right again. I said about Obamacare when it was going on. You don't believe a word that this idiot says, do you? This is about to take absolute control and nationalize health care. Right again. Social Security. Trust fund my eye. There's no trust fund. doesn't exist. It's a tax. They hope they don't ever have to pay it. That's why they make it difficult to get. And they can control people they do pay. They call them voter base, also known as welfare recipients. Right again. So I'm not telling you conspiracies. I'm pointing out exactly what's happening. Now, this is your time to make me believe. I want you to give me your best one. 312-642-5600. Make me believe Mondays. We're going to take all your calls. I'm opening up lines. We'll be back. After Tom Beck and the news. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Make them listen to me before it's too late! Make me believe Monday. The Rand Corporation, in conjunction with the saucer people. Thank you. Under the supervision of the reverse vampires, are forcing our parents to go to bed early in a fiendish plot to eliminate the meal of dinner. We're through the looking glass here, people. I was fighting the power and breaking conspiracies before you saw your first chemtrail, you punks. It's it's one of my favorite ones. It's, It's truly great. And, you know, they're making fun of me. I don't care. You can make fun of me. Back into the left. Sorry. Oswald was a patsy. I'm sorry. Barry Seal. Mena, Arkansas. Yeah, all right. That's not a conspiracy. That's what happened. Sorry. Bill Clinton was in on the whole damn thing. I don't care what anyone says. I know it for a fact. What do you think of that? Then the moon landing. This is the one that causes the most trouble. All I simply said is, where's the gas tanks? You took off from the moon. Where's the gas? You're fired. Then you want me to believe you it went out of the moon, and then another ship got it, and then they came home. Okay, Flash Gordon. I don't buy it. All right, yeah, I know. There's all kinds of technical experiences. Poppycock. whole damn thing was filmed in London. What are you going to say now? I don't care. I believe it. So make me believe Monday. Those are mine. Give me yours. Mike on the north side. Hey, Sean. Uh, my conspiracy, which I don't think is a conspiracy, I believe it. Wait is a minute. What have you done with the, Mike on the north side? You're way too educated. You're way too I smart. Believe, all right, go ahead. I, I, I hope so. I truly believe be that Mike. the global elite have pushed the federal government to fast track and push through 
a, a approval for this vaccination thing so that they can mandate and strong arm the entirety of the American population at the threat of our jobs, our professions, our homes, our livelihoods, our safety and security, just so that in the next couple of years, we all start to die from this. And that's what I think, because they're attacking our RNA. Moderna stands for Well, listen, I, I got to tell you, I, I agree with that, all right? But I was with you up until the we're going to die part. But I was really with you, because here's the thing. They don't want us to die. They want us to bend knee and be afraid so that they could forever control us. Now, if you're saying they're using us as an experiment, I'll agree with that. But I don't think they're intentionally. 100%. I don't think they're intentional. I don't think the, the, the powers that be are intentionally trying to kill us. But what I will say is. Agenda 21, is, I, though, says otherwise. Well, then we don't have to buy it. Agenda 21 isn't the Bible, and I don't have to buy it all. But I do, I can, I do think they take a nugget of truth, and I do think they take a. I do think there is an agenda to control the population and turn them into willing serfs to adopt the slave mindset that people weren't. But I do not believe that they're trying to kill us. Otherwise, they just kill us. I mean, why, why go through all the drama? We wouldn't stand because a chance. Because so, of the revolt. The, the the violence we can rain back down on them if they direct. I think that's. Them. I think I think you're seeing our chances of actually doing that. You're romanticizing that with some idea of a civil war that doesn't exist in the current climate. But I, I don't want that at all. No, I don't want it either. I, I'm not suggesting you do. I, I, I'm thinking a lot of times people romanticize that as an option when the reality is we wouldn't stand the chance. Thank you very much, Mike. I, I like him though, but I like him. And he was on the something. He had me, and then I was expecting. Our original Mike from the North Side, you know, baloney in the truck for the city of Chicago. I uh, well, I decided I was going to carry around a baseball bat exactly. with nails sticking out. I of wasn't it. prepared from a Mike from the North Side that sounded like he actually has read. Went to fifth grade. Threw me completely off. Teresa on the North Side. Hey, Sean. Uh, we're going to get hit again. The Taliban, Al Qaeda, wide open borders. There will be another 9 11. All right, so listen, I like, I, first of all, I think the first 9-11 did the significant job, which was to cost this nation not just the, the, the trillions of dollars, which it did, not to just create a, a military, a boom for the military-industrial complex that would not have happened without September 11th. It did. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need to hit us again here. I think they need to... To keep our attention, they don't want us to rain down on them and take it back because we could do that in a month. And that's also a little too simple for this segment. Yeah, it's a little too. So, so in other words, I don't think they they have they they want that kind of attention. I think they got what they wanted from holding over for twenty years and not losing. I've got. One I mean, for you on that. Yeah. they they got they got a big win in there. You know, look at their recruiting manual here. Here we've had the so called superpowers try to take over this little dirt country that has virtually zero resources and they managed to fight back both Russia and America. They now can become the capital for terrorists around the planet. So I don't think they need to take us again. I don't. I could be naive, and but I think it, they're also aware that if they do, then we're really going to annihilate them and, and this time the Hiroshima way. And I don't think they want that. I could be wrong. What do you think? I think you're right, Sean. And, you know, if they do, we need to go after them and just seriously turning 
you know, they got everything they wanted. Lot, they they really. got. I don't know what else they could want from us. They got everything we wanted. Our our, our so called military strength and superpower status is is proven wrong. Well, but they, they they, they've they've capitalized on trillions of dollars from us. True. Unless they want to use the threat, here's what they could do. They want to use the threat of terrorism to extort payoffs. No. That they could because our country pays people to be their friend. But we also are very good at ignoring threats and not caring until it's actually yeah. too late. But you, I think if, if look at how successful through. Iran has been Understood. at extorting money and power from us without ever really delivering on any of the threats. But if those groups uh, had the opportunity and the means. Um, even though they didn't need to attack us, I think they would probably still hold the desire to. Yeah, and if my well, aunt's... Here's, here's now, here's something that fits your segment a little better. How many sleeper cells are on those cargo planes? That's a very good point. I like that. That's not bad. All right, very good. good. And Teresa, thank you very much for the call. Dave and Racine, Wisconsin. Greetings and salutations. Here, my thought is that besides uh, uh, lording control over the American people that this... Uh, uh, vaccine mandates for private companies is actually a sop to the trial lawyers in that the, uh, you know, they had the uh, recently OSHA just said that any uh, company with a vaccine mandate that uh, vaccine injuries would be declared a workplace injury. thus you know, being able to not only you go on disability. Yeah. You go on disability plus, you know, being able to, the trial lawyers would be able to sue the companies into oblivion. Well, which I like, by the way. I'm going to tell you what. I like it. You put a vaccine mandate on your workers. Your worker takes the vaccine and forever is damaged. I hope he sues the pants off any company that would have the audacity to mandate an experiment. Now, they, the, the FDA approved the booster, but never the vaccine. How the hell does that work? Because the FDA now is a political arm of the government. They are not... The, the Federal Drug Administration who's looking to protect the citizens, they would now, they're just as corrupt as all the rest of it as far as I'm concerned. So will the lawyers sue? I hope so. Here's what you have to be concerned with, though, Dave. There is a clause that you cannot sue for the vaccine. So you'd have to parse the words and sue the company, which they you could do if they mandated, if they well, took that, that over. Was that because it was only emergency approval? And you know who you know who worked that out. Well, but hold Trump. on, they're they're not emergency. At least the Pfizer one is no longer emergency approval. Not the booster, but the but the so vaccine. You, so can you? Well, no, the vaccine is is left. You can never sue the the company. You you uh, well, some kind of vaccine for any kind of vaccine, not just you know, the, this particular vaccine, but because of okay. some yeah. things set up back actually earlier. Yeah, you can't sue. But 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 here's the here's the difference. We as adults, luckily. Have the opp- have the opportunity to not take it. They haven't mandated. I don't. I think the only one that's still given the baby or mandated or you have to have is polio. I think. I don't think the rest of them you have to take. I think you can legally not take them. But we're going to look into that. I think it's, the term is informed consent. Is the term? Yeah. Well, how could you have informed consent? over what they're telling you is a vaccine. Saying nothing is being allowed to be, and no information is allowed to get and here, through. And, and, and not, right. No information is allowed to get through, and they're squashing any pushback. In fact, we've had a sitting senator give an hour and a half to just, what, 30 people who've had adverse effects of the vaccine, and they took the, the senator Ron down Johnson from YouTube? from Wisconsin. They took him down. It's preposterous what's going on. Thank you, Dave. These are interesting times, and that's why we're going to discuss. That, to me, is the real conspiracy. 
all of the all of the mayhem, all of all of the nonsense have have been hyped to where your object truth has been disrupted, and now we're afraid to be Americans. We're afraid to stand up for un, our unalienable rights. They have successfully passed off this panic psychosis to America. That's the one I want to present. After we get back, three one two six four two fifty six hundred. All right. Make me believe Monday conspiracy theories. I've got instructions from the lovely Misty Kelly, and I never, never do not listen to Misty Kelly. She gives me instructions, I do it, mainly because she's scary. Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi. How are you? This is an interesting one. I want to hear what you got to say. You want to hear about the stars with some wormwood in the Bible? That, to me, is the ultimate conspiracy. It's basically what, what happened in Noah's Ark's time. It's what brought in the flood. And, you know, we're, it's interesting that in the planetarium, they're talking about the planet X, the star system. And we think that we had a dark, you know, second binary star, which is common, and that it went dark, but there's all these planets. And sometimes they get close, sometimes they don't do anything. But the last time they got I close, feel... we had a great flood. Carl, I got to tell you, there's something wrong. You're, uh, am I the only one that can't hear me? He's breaking up. All right, you broke no, up. No, my on... phone's terrible. All right, well, there you go. The Obama phone doesn't want to let you tell me your conspiracy theory because everyone in the world it will change their opinion. That's the conspiracy. Carl, I'm sorry. I could barely hear him. Was he saying the star system and stars? Line? I thought that's... What happened to the fluoride in the water? See, Misty, you blew it. That's it. I'm never listening again. Miles. Miles at 294. Hi, Miles. All right, Miles doesn't want to talk about the CDC. All right, we got backups, though. Mary Glenview, you got 30 seconds. John, I just want to understand when you look at pictures of Afghanistan, no one's wearing masks. Nobody. Why? I don't understand. Doesn't make sense. And yet there's a, a huge global pandemic, and yet no one's wearing masks, and their healthcare system has got to be in a shambles. What if the masks don't work and the masks are more of a determination to make, to see how many Americans will willfully listen to bad information without thought? There you go. That's mine. I spun Mary's. All right, I had a great time. I'll be back in 21 hours. I can't believe it's still the fastest show on radio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 